0: From 90.7 WFAE, this is Newsworthy for Tuesday, February 13th, 2024. I'm Eric Thiel. As part of their 2025 fiscal year budget workshop, Charlotte City Council heard Monday that rapidly rising costs for salaries and materials could require a tax increase to cover the bill. The city's lowest paid hourly employees have seen their wages rise nearly 40% since 2021 to about $22 an hour while firefighter and police salaries are up 17 percent and 21 percent, respectively. City staff says they had to raise salaries to attract more applicants and deal with high vacancy rates. Meanwhile, the costs for key building materials have also jumped. For example, concrete pipe is now $138 per linear foot, up from about $100 in 2020.
1: Even though inflation in the construction industry has normalized to those traditional levels of growth, prices are not returning to those prior year prices.
0: That's Hannah Bromberger with the City of Charlotte's Strategy and Budget Department. All of that means the city is facing higher costs across the board. Charlotte City Council will work on their budget over the next few months and vote on a final budget with a new property tax rate before the next fiscal year starts July 1. Tonight, Charlotte City officials will hold the first of several listening sessions for the public on its new budget plan for the coming year. Those sessions are slated to run through March. Then City Council members will participate in budget workshops to discuss the feedback. Tonight's virtual session starts at 530. Speakers can register in advance at charlottenc.gov. The next session is set for a week from today, February 20th at 9 a.m. Charlotte City Council voted 8-3 to last night to recriminalize several quality-of-life infractions, such as public urination and defecation and public masturbation. The vote came after hours of debate and more than 50 people speaking for
2: and against the change. Steve Harrison has this report. Last year, residents of Fourth Ward and Uptown complained that people were drinking and going to the bathroom in public. Today, police can only write citations for those offenses, and residents said they wanted officers to have the ability to arrest people who refused to comply. But some speakers said the city was, in effect, criminalizing homelessness. The ACLU also opposed the changes. Council members Renee Johnson, Tijuana Brown, and LaWanna Mayfield agreed and voted no. Johnson asked people in the council chamber, how many times did they use the bathroom today? And then asked what they would do if they were homeless. Now, would the threat of an arrest have diminished the urgency of that? No, might have did it right then and there. Council member Marjorie Molina, who voted for the measure, said the city is expanding outreach services and will bring portable restrooms to uptown.
0: I don't think this is one of those things where someone says they want to um, criminalize what would be unhoused. You know, um, I think it's just enforcing um, some some behaviors.
2: Council members backed an amendment by Dimple Ajmira to keep two ordinances as non-criminal misdemeanors, including loitering for the purpose of engaging in drug-related activity. Steve Harrison, WFAE News. The Davidson Town Board of Commissioners meet tonight.
0: On the agenda is a discussion about implementation of the town's long-term comprehensive plan that was adopted in 2020. Commissioners are expected to hear data from 2023, the first year key metrics were reported. Commissioners are also set to discuss affordable housing eligibility policy. The meeting starts at 6. The Charlotte Hornets said Monday that the team will search for a new head of basketball operations as General Manager Mitch Kupchak shifts to an advisory role. Kenneth Lee has more.
1: Kupchak joined the Hornets in 2018 after 17 years as the Los Angeles Lakers' lead basketball executive where he tallied four NBA championships. His first organizational move with the team was during the 2018 NBA draft, where he selected point guard Shay Gilius Alexander, who was traded to the Los Angeles Clippers in exchange for current forward Miles Bridges. Cupcheck's contract is set to expire at the end of the year. The Hornets have a new ownership group led by Gabe Plotkin and Rich Schnall, and they're expected to shake up the front office and coaching staff. Kenneth Lee, WFAE News.
0: Donald Trump has endorsed North Carolina Republican Party Chairman Michael Watley to be the new head of the Republican National Committee along with his daughter-in-law, Laura Trump, as co-chair of the RNC. The former president is the front-runner for the Republican nomination this year. Early voting is underway in the February 24th South Carolina primary, where Trump is squaring off against the state's former governor, Nikki Haley. Popular brewery Blue Blaze Brewing near Uptown said on Facebook that after 10 years, it will close its doors March 10th. The brewery said they hope to find a new location for a taproom. You may think there's not much difference between Charlotte's two major hospital systems, Atrium Health and Novant Health. But unlike Novant, Atrium is considered a unit of local government. In fact, Atrium's legal name is the Charlotte Mecklenburg Hospital Authority. Now, not everyone agrees with that local government designation and the abilities it gives Atrium. It's something reporter Michelle Crouch has investigated, she wrote about it for the Charlotte Ledger Business Newsletter and NC Health News and spoke to our Marshall Terry
3: about it. So let's begin with that local government designation. How did Atrium get it, and what does it entitle Atrium to? So
1: back in 1943, hospital leaders in Charlotte asked the legislator to create a special type of government unit called a hospital authority. And they said at the time that their goal was to keep the politics out of hospital administration. That entity, that status gives them a couple of pretty big benefits, Marshall. First of all, they have huge tax breaks they're exempt from local state and federal taxes and that includes um, property taxes on any property that they own even land that's not being used for a medical purpose another advantage that they have is antitrust immunity so as a unit of government they are exempt from a lot of regulations and that includes damages from antitrust suits so that's allowed it to grow with a lot less scrutiny than a hospital system like Navant, perhaps And then they also have the power of eminent domain. And what that means is that they can force property owners to sell to make room for new hospital projects. It's unclear if they've ever used that power, but even being able to threaten to do that gives them more power than a private hospital system would have. So all of those powers and privileges have really helped them grow and turn into the multi-state, multi-billion dollar hospital system that they are today.
3: Now, you're right that not everyone agrees with this local government entity designation Atrium has. Uh, It's come up in two recent court cases, and also the former head of Novant told you he had concerns about it. What arguments uh, did they make?
1: Well, I talked to Paul Wiles. He's the former CEO of Novant, and he told me that he always felt like Atrium had an unfair advantage. When they needed to be a government entity and take advantage of those benefits, they were. But at other times, they acted as a private entity. And both of those court cases tried to make the point that Atrium does not resemble and does not act like a local government entity. They pointed out that they operate in multiple states, unlike other local government entities, that they pay their executives millions of dollars and that elected officials have very little say over the operations of the hospital. And then they also pointed out that Atrium does not seem to abide by the open meetings and public records laws in the same ways that other public bodies do.
3: And that's what I want to get into next. So, uh, how it works is if you want to talk at a local government board meeting, you can show up and speak during the public comments portion of that meeting. Or you can see an agenda and other documents. Uh, that's part of state law. But Atrium doesn't follow that necessarily, which is uh, kind of what you were saying there a minute ago. Can you break that down for me?
1: Sure. So, I've covered local government before. So, when I started covering the authority a little more than a year ago, I knew that they were a public body. First, I requested their agenda, and they told me that the agenda wouldn't be available until I arrived at the meeting. Then after I attended the first meeting, I noticed that there wasn't a lot of conversation or any deliberation taking place at the hospital board meeting. So I asked to attend their committee meetings, but they told me that those were not open to the public. And then, of course, there's the fact that they don't set aside any time for public comment, and that is also very different from other local government meetings.
3: Now, how does that compare to how other hospital boards uh, in North Carolina operate?
1: Well, there aren't many hospital authorities left in the state. I got a list of eight of them that have ever existed in North Carolina from the Secretary of State's office. But I went down the list and most of them have either been purchased or merged with other larger hospital systems. But I did find one that was still operating in eastern North Carolina. It's called the Carolina East Hospital Authority. And their lawyer told me that they do allow a member of the public to speak at the meetings, all they have to do is ask. um, And they also open the hospital board's committee meetings to members of the public.
3: So what's been the response
1: to your story? Well, after my story ran, three Mecklenburg County commissioners decided to attend the hospital board meeting last week. And afterward, one of them said that for a public meeting, it didn't seem very public. Atrium talked a lot at the meeting about all of the good that they do in the community and also how generous their financial assistance policy is. And when I was writing the story, they sent me a statement that emphasized that they are following the law. And I think that's really what it comes down to Marshall is that North Carolina statutes designate Atrium as a local unit of government. And so in both court cases, the judges said, well, We have to give these benefits to a unit of local government. And since the North Carolina statute says that they are a public entity, there's really nothing we can do. So for anything to change, experts have told me that it would be up to the legislature to change the law regarding hospital authorities.
3: All right. Well, thank you for walking me through all of that.
1: Thank you for having me.
3: That's Michelle Crouch, a reporter with the Charlotte Ledger Business Newsletter and NC Health News.
0: And for Tuesday, February 13th, that's
2: Newsworthy. I'm Eric Deal.